You know you got to have hope. You know you got to be strong. We are Hottest 100s and Thousands, and we have taken control of your radio station. This is the podcast in which we talk about the songs that have been deemed hot enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. My name is David James Young, and I'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour or so. Joining me once again, Mr. Andrew McDonald. Hey, hey, hey. Mr. Adam Buncher. Hey, hey, hey. And Mr. Nathan Harrison. Hey, hey, hey. Yep. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. No. Stripping. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say stripping? Stripping. <laughs> from stripping. <the> <laughs> stripping from the record. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That's a tabloid you're not Legal porn. That's a good name for a business themed strip club. Oh. Yeah. Or oh, just like a porn this. parody of yeah. law. Yeah. We <laughs> have to law go there. Triple X parody. Plead the fifth, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. oh wow, we have to do that as soon as we're done here today. Really? Probably. Won't. Right. Oh yeah. Write the script. <laughs> yeah, I'll write the script. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can have a nice we'll bit. the fifth. Yeah. <laughs> the fifth. We have five more songs to talk about today as we continue on in the 1993 Hottest 100. And what a spectacular way to kick off this week's episode. And number 45, it's Dinosaur Junior with Star Chopping. <laughs> Number 45 with start chopping, no G, no exclamation mark, no no apostrophe, nothing. Just C-H-O-P-P-I-N. No time for any of that. Who needs it? Who needs it? Start chopping. Now, let's throw to Adam. Now, Adam, I'm genuinely unaware of your relationship with Dinosaur Jr., so... Uh, talk us through, uh, yeah, your thoughts on the band and your thoughts on this song. Well, this is the beautiful thing. I don't really have a relationship with Dinosaur Jr. yet. However, having listened to this song, I really want there to be. It is impossible for me to like this song any more than I do. I adore it. Well, I yeah. think it's yeah. freaking excellent. Uh, as soon as I heard it, and as soon as it did that kind of falsetto, the nah, before the chorus, oh, I was yeah. like... I know you you are placed in a very specific period of time uh, in relation to a lot of bands that I like that are more modern. Like, yep, definitely. That, that's such a that's now I feel like it's connecting to such a strong indie rock sound now that, that that's kind of going about, and it's like great, you know, like that's this is where this started. 
And so it was a real revelation for me to find that. Um, I just, I adore it. I think the riffs are just catchy as hell. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I quite like the lyrics. I, I, I think, like, it's, it walks this beautiful line between being lazy and off the cuff and so completely energized at the same time. And that's kind of partly the differentiation between the vocal style and the music. Like, mm. it's, just, it's just really beautiful. Like, it's, it's being in pain but just having too much fun to care. And I, but I also like in the song how, like, as it goes on, the the kind of pain about of the of the subject matter kind of sneaks into it a little bit more. Yeah, like it gets a little bit more intense. Like it's it's just wonderful. Like it's such a great exploration of denial in musical form, really, the way I see it. And it, and in addition to just being hella catchy. And I want to listen to more Dinosaur Junior. I want to listen to this album. I want to listen to their other albums. I want to listen to this song a whole lot more. Excellent. I wonderful. It. Yeah, it's excellent to hear. I um. Like well, the only dinosaur junior that I'm familiar with, and that you should get on, I guess ASAP is of course you're living all over me. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. A masterpiece of alternative uh-huh. rock from that period. Yeah, sweet, it's a true masterwork. I um, think I did. I think that's the one I have earlier. listened to. But yeah. like again, like I need to go back and revisit. Mm. I'm sure you recognise the iconic album cover, like the sketchily drawn man hunching over. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I really know. sublime. Nonetheless, uh, this song I, I enjoyed. I didn't go wild for it to be honest. I think it's. I'm not sure. It has, it's. Kind of that 90s alt-rock radio-friendly feeling to it, I think. Um, I like Nelson Jr. I don't go as wild for them as a lot of people do. I think Living Over Me is a great record, for a number of reasons, obviously. Um, there's something about, I don't know, Jay Maskus' voice that, um, in this one, obviously he's not, not the most technically accomplished of singers, he'd be the first to admit that. He mixes himself really low when they play live, for that reason. Um, but I think this song, I don't know, it sounds a, really, a bit kind of meandering, his voice getting a little bit kind of 90s alt-rock radio, like, yeah, kind of thing. A little bit of that too much to it. I didn't mind the song. I like it. I just want to go wild for it. Like, the guitar work is fantastic. The tone is brilliant. And oh, the, like, solo is the so solo is so, so, oh, so yeah. good. The solos are fantastic. It's just, Joe Masks is a killer guitarist. Yeah, yeah. One of the it's, best of all time, in my opinion. He's just wonderful. Um, and that's what, I guess, saves this song in my eyes, like the tone and the solos. But like, yeah, I, I enjoy it, but I really don't go that wild for it, to be honest. But I guess like, where, where I like I go well for it because I have that kind of the, the contemporary music yeah, that kind of love is really for that yeah. By, yeah and you're, you're not really down on that kind of indie stuff so I can understand that opinion from you I'm not hurt by no, no. <laughs> well, you don't need to apologise to yeah. you yeah. words like, can bring me down <laughs> as soon as I listened to it like, I, I instantly thought of um, Stephen Malkmus's new record oh yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, like, this, right. this is just sense. what he's doing like, yeah. you know he's, he's grabbing onto this stuff yeah um I'm in the same boat as you, Andrew. Like, living, you're living all over me is, is an incredible album. Um, I don't listen to Dinosaur Junior as much as I should, probably. Yeah, I don't know. Every time they come up, I'm like, oh yeah, I just need to like mm. listen to particularly that album more and just more of them. I guess. I, Bug I think is this, great as well. Hmm? Bug. Yeah, awesome. cool. Yeah, Very awesome good. record. This, I think, this is a cool song. It's fun. It's it, like it's you know it's cool and easy and and yeah, the solo is so good. It's yeah, I like it. I think, yeah, this is a gorgeous song with great guitar tone. Uh, the outro in particular is just pure bliss, how they just ride the song out, which I think is amazing. Uh, the album that this is from is Where You Been, and I, if you two like Bug and you're living all over me, then I recommend Where You Been as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really, really great record. Uh, but, again, probably not the right person to ask, because I love all of their records, up, up to and including their most recent record, uh, which is called I Bet on Sky. They came out in 2012, 
and uh, some absolute jams on that as well. They released a video for the song Watch the Corners featuring Tim Heidecker of uh, Tim and Eric fame, uh, who plays a, who plays an overprotective dad, and uh, it's a fucking brilliant video. I'll link it in the in the description. Uh, but yeah, they're just one of those bands that I. You know, I knew the name thrown around over the years, and then, but I never really got into them up until uh, their big reunion of the classic lineup of J Maxis on guitar, Lou Barlow on bass, and Murph on drums. Uh, they'd experimented with a bunch of different lineups of different bassists and different drummers. Uh, Jay always being the uh, the sole creative force of Dinosaur Junior in that period, but uh, getting the classic lineup back together was a huge deal. And uh, the albums that they've released uh, since, uh, including Beyond and I Bet on Skies, I mentioned, uh, so, so good. Like, there's there's not many bands that can reclaim that kind of glory uh, in their reunions, you know? It's usually just one, like, shitty album, and then, you know, the tour will be okay, but then they'll just revert back to the nostalgia market. Yeah. And that'll be it. Which is fine, it has its time and its place, but Dinosaur Jr. actively wanted to be a band again. And I respected the hell out of that. Uh, yeah, they sound incredible now. I got to see them last year at the Hi-Fi in Sydney, and it was one of the best shows I went to last year. They sounded absolutely awesome. Uh, I also got to see uh, Lou earlier this year uh, with Sebado, which is his other uh, main band, uh, when he's not playing... In Dinosaur Jr. Excellent group. Yeah, who also released a great album fairly recently as well. Defend Yourself. Excellent. Uh, so, yeah, I've got nothing but time for all of the projects involving Jam Axis and Lou Barlow and, and even Murph. Uh, Murph played on an album uh, by a Melbourne band called Dumb Numbers last year, which is also fantastic. And there is a new Jam Axis album coming out this year. So, oh, there's just so much... Involving this band, you know, and it's three classic members. Uh, there's, yeah, just so much to delve into. And I, like, I wish I could hear Dinosaur Jr. again for the first time so I could feel like Adam feels like right about now. It's so good. It's so <laughs> fucking feels, good. feels awesome. Man. Oh, I can't man. wait to get stuck into these guys. Absolutely. So, uh, here's to many, many happy returns. And, uh, including in episode 13. We'll be getting to talk yeah. about Dinosaur yeah, Jr. Very again. Soon. So, uh, uh, excellent. We'll see you then. Oh no, not you again. At number 44, it's the Hitless Chickens with Juice.
Headless Chicken's at number 44 with Juice. Uh, Nathan, uh, we're going to throw this one to you. Now, uh, we all practically shat all over uh, the last time Headless Chicken's were here with the song Sharpers. Uh, but uh, I don't think we're going to be shitting as much this time this around. This is better. Yeah. Much this is, better. This is nice. Most improved award. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, most this improved. is almost a good song. <laughs> it's, almost a good, it's got a kind of nice trip-hop sort of feel yeah, to it. Like yeah. it's, it's, it, it doesn't feel incredibly well produced in that regard, I don't think. like It, it doesn't really have the depth or the finesse that you would associate with other stuff, you know, and, but, but that's okay. It's, it's fine. It's kind of nice. The lyrics are a bit on the nose. Like back in 77, when everything was so tall, I used to watch that TV show that I now can't recall. Mm. Like, fascinating. Probably turned the vocals down a little bit. Yeah. Mm. Or, I mean, the the singing itself is fine. Just the lyrics could probably do without, but this is a fairly nice song. Yeah. It's, it's inoffensive. Like, yeah. Like this, I think the soundscape work is nice. The beats yeah. are enjoyable. Her voice is good. There's all there's elements of a fine song here to the yeah. point where I heard it. If I'd heard this, say before I'd heard Dummy Porter's Head, I might I, I might look into the genre. Now totally. that I, I already know the genre has its peaks. With yeah, those, yeah. With those three Porter's Head records, <laughs> indeed. But this play, I'm like, this is this is okay. Like, it's a bit like. It feels a bit sneaky to say it, but it's not a bad song. It's not. Like, lyrically, yeah, it's, it's not great. And it's sort of, it's weird to listen to something trading on that weird childhood nostalgia TV show yeah. thing that we would all very much associate with conversations about ABC shows in the in the 90s in the afternoon and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, totally it's, it's weird to have this time. song being about a show in the mid-70s mm. and, and a bit different. But yeah, apart from the lyrics, kind of a nice song. I think there's a lot of songs right now that are kind of riffing on the same kind of thing. Like they're kind really? of well, yeah, but it's it's more it's more it's done more modern. But you know, like your disclosures and your and your other whatnots is like there's a whole lot of electronic acts kind of at the moment who are doing like a a, a chilled out electronic thing with a pretty mm. pretty strong vocals. Yeah. I mean, in pop at the moment, certainly, like it's it's pretty prevalent. Um, there's been a whole lot of tracks like that. Just a, there was a recent one by, by Rudimental. It was kind of I got a similar kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. So I think like. It's actually, in terms of the way the, the the pop landscape has swung around again, like it certainly has become more palatable, um, potentially this track. But yeah, I I echo the same comments. I I probably it gets over the line for me as a good song. Like, yeah, I don't, think, right. I don't think it's approaching. I'm like, yeah, this is cool. This is all right. Um, I think the doos, the I I like that. Do-do's. Yeah, the the wordless chorus kind of was vaguely familiar to me. I was just yeah. Saying, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Honestly, most of my problems are with the words, so wordless yeah. chorus at this yeah. point. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey. So like, oh, you read my letters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some Somewhere between the song starting and the chorus, you read my letters. Yeah. Chicken. <laughs> Appreciate that. Well, this was, a, this was a track with uh, Fiona McDonald as the lead vocalist, and uh, yeah, she definitely brought a lot to the group. Uh, she definitely brought a lot more uh, layering and a lot more... Even even subtlety vocally wise, and I believe know. she joined the group permanently after this. Yeah, uh, up until they uh, wrapped things up, I think around nineteen ninety eight. Uh, then they got back together for some shows in two thousand eight and two thousand nine, and uh, now yeah, they are done once again. But uh, we'll always have the memories. Promise myself I wouldn't cry. And this is way better than Choppers, but again, that's not saying much. Choppers is horrible. It was a mess. This at least knew what it was doing. Yeah. It wasn't trying to do too much. Mm. It wasn't wasn't 
Yeah, yeah like, it, it cruises along pretty nicely. Like you said, the vocals are a bit, uh, like, they're pleasant, but, you know, it's just the content that's just yeah. a bit dodgy. And, you know, it's it's got a, it's a nice little thing going on. This wouldn't be out of place on, I guess, the B-sides of Play by Moby. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I guess, you know, it's fine, but still, it's not a band or a song that I'm going to be uh, revisiting anytime no, soon. No. But still, and most improved awards. So yeah, absolutely. There's definitely that. And this is the final time we get to talk about them, so we are officially closing the lid. Like it wasn't the other way around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, this band seems promising. Burn in hell! <laughs> Burn in hell! Uh, do we have any final words for, for the Headless Chickens before we uh, bury them in the backyard? I have a wordless chorus. Oh yeah, I think that's the best we could offer them. Yeah. Okay. I think most improved award is the yeah. best we could offer them, and well earned. Mm. <laughs> Rest in peace, headless chuckins. At number forty-three, it's the Smashing Pumpkins for the first of twelve appearances in the history of the Hottest One Hundred. This is Cherubra. Pumpkins at number 43 with Cherub Rock. Adam, let's throw this one to you. Pumpkins have been getting quite a bit of flack over the past few years, uh, but this, we're at a very, very young and very, very vital stage in their in their career. So uh, what's your take on this song and the band in general? I am legitimately in love with Billy Corgan's guitar tone. It is one of my favourite guitar tones of all time. What he manages to do... I think I, I class him as a great guitarist just simply for the sound that he curates with his instrument. Like, yeah. it's thick, it's warm, it's lush, it just kind of has this bass element to it, it just pushes through, and, like, it comes through beautifully in this track and across all of Siamese Dream as well. Uh, yeah, The totally. album that this is from, which I think is an astoundingly great album. I, I, I agree. I heaps. Um, were, I, you, were you a Pumpkins teen? No, I got to Pumpkins late. Um, yeah, right. I wish I discovered Pumpkins earlier. I, that's just legitimately one of those bands. It's just like, damn, like this could have been this could have been my world when I was when I was younger. Sure, but I love Pumpkins now, and like Siamese Dream probably stands as one of my favorite kind of early '90s albums. Um, and I've been actually putting it on quite a bit recently. I think uh, looking forward to talking about this song on the podcast. Nice, yeah, yeah. Visiting it, I think the way it kind of opens up 
uh, it's, just, it's just like taking flight, really. Like, it goes oh, from no. that, that, that anticipatory kind of riff, and then, like, when the distortion hits, and then the actual riff comes in, like, it layers so beautifully... And, like, yeah, it gives me a really, like, lifted feeling. And I ride that out throughout the rest of the song. And the riff is amazing. Totally. Like, it's just... iHeart just fucking brings his A-game on that one. Yeah, oh, it's... So it's, um... It's love. Yeah, um... This is the first song on Siamese Dream, is that it correct? It is. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Um, Beautiful opener. Makes perfect sense for that reason. Like, Pumpkin's there, I guess... They're probably my biggest blind spot as someone who is into, I guess interesting guitar music yeah. this is they're probably my biggest blind spot I haven't really I actually haven't heard an album of theirs in full ever wow. I do I know it's staggering this is I know I do know this song though and I do love this song there's as the, the guitar tone you've nailed it yeah. nail on the head it's, it, the guitar tone is so so crunchy so beautiful it's just it, it is warm it's just it's warm, so warm you feel it it's fantastic when I went and bought my guitar rig recently I walked in and just like I want to sound like Billy Corgan why wouldn't you that's exactly the 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 tone I had in mind I wanted to emulate this song I think it's the perfect kind of I guess to me it kind of reeks of being I guess uh, the hangover from the classic grunge stuff from like 91 even even a couple of years earlier because it still has that anger it still has that kind of cynicism about life but it has a more kind of I guess relaxed ironic kind of like, there's, a, there's a narcissism to it all as well. It's like, yeah, like there's a relaxed kind of chilled out where we are better kind of thing like that. There's no kind of... like There's obviously like the misery and the anger from, I guess, your Nirvanas and your Soundgarden and stuff. Mm-hmm. But this, there's something a bit more like ironic and like nudging kind of about this, and I love that about it. It's so... Yeah. There's something it, about it. Like, it switches between the sort of disaffected to the passion sort exactly, of stuff. Exactly, yeah. Which, you know, like, Nirvana did a lot, and, and yeah. lots of bands, and, like, PCs, lots of stuff, but mm. there is that, that irony, that yeah. sort of... It's, and a, it, it's a bit after yeah. that. Yeah. I think yeah. it works fantastically. This song, like, I, I'm not familiar with Pumpkins, but rehearing this now, like, I just... It, it's well and truly time. This is a wonderful, wonderful song. Everything about this works. Um... His voice is brilliant in it as well. Like I know that Pumpkins to me, they're definitely they're the safe man's sonic youth to a huge degree. Oh, but fair. it's still fantastic. It's more kind of poppy sonic youth, really. Like well, that's safe. Yeah, well, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I would have never picked Sonic Youth as a comparison point. To be totally, no, both of that episode of The Simpsons. Oh yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of Sonic Youth, the safe man's Frampton. <laughs> do you feel? Oh come on, do you feel? Now look, uh, the Smashing Pumpkins are currently a disgusting, horrid, vapid ego trip uh, with Tommy Lee on drums. So that's that fancy. Indeed, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, also, yeah, no, nothing but nothing, nothing but hatred for Billy as a person. He's yeah, a vulgar, he's sexist, a moral. Stain. Uh, and he's also a fuck stain on one of the Veronica's dresses, but that's another hey. story for another time. Before this band was nothing short of an ego trip and a vehicle for his bullshit, this was pound for pound one of the best rock bands of that entire era, of the entire 90s, probably of the the 20 years preceding it. Like, once you got Billy Corgan on vocals and guitar, James Ihart on lead guitar, Darcy Wetsky on bass, and Jimmy fucking Chamberlain on drums... You get those four together, you get them to play, they were unstoppable. Those first few albums are incredible. The Mm. production is so gorgeous. The riffs are unstoppable. There's just so much goodness to sink your teeth into. And then 
when rehab started and Jimmy started leaving and Darcy leaving and it all fall, fell apart the first time, that's when they should have said, okay, we're, we, we need to, we need to, yeah, end this now. But Billy couldn't keep away. And so seven years after they broke up, he decided to get the, the band, uh, ironic quote marks in case you can't hear that, uh, back together. It was just him and Jimmy, and uh, then Jimmy left, so <laughs> there is absolutely no relation to the original Pumpkins now. They may as well be a completely different band. Billy Corgan and his cults, essentially. It's disgusting. I hate, I hate what the Smashing Pumpkins have become. So you're not looking forward to the new album? Oh, fucking <laughs> God, no. Really? Like, Billy Corgan and Tommy Lee together? Like, At last. Yeah. <laughs> Who was thinking that was a good idea? Really? But you take it back to this, and I forget all of that instantly. The second that riff kicks in, the second the harmonies kick in, the second Jimmy's fucking phenomenal drumming Eddie's just drumming storms, is storms through... I just forget all of that and I lose myself in the moment. I love this song and there was a time, you know, from when I was about eight up until I was about 17, 18, that I loved the Smashing Pumpkins with all of my heart and all of my soul. I remember very vividly, um, I think this was year four or year five, uh, we had a new teacher and we had to write uh, things about ourselves. So it was just like, my name is Line. My favorite color is Line. And I remember when it came to, I would have been about seven, maybe eight. And when it came to, my favorite song is, and I wrote Tonight Tonight. Wow. Oh, and I was cool just like, kid. Mm, <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> and I, yeah. I was saying something about Will Smith. I, uh, so. also, also a cool kid. Yeah, exactly. Getting jiggy with it. Well, I compared and contrasted with my friend Luke, and my friend wrote, Luke uh, wrote my favorite song is Larger Than Life by the Backstreet Boys. Oh, well. <laughs> Which is an indisputable classic. That's also classic. a cool kid. Yeah, yeah of everybody's course. Cool. Yeah, everyone's cool. <laughs> everyone's cool in this situation. But yeah. So I've always, yeah, from the second I saw them and the second I discovered their music, I had such an affinity for them. And it still goes to this day. I still love this this period. But, uh, yeah, I just, I just despise what they've become. I really, really do. Nathan, uh, do you do you have anything further to add or anything? Oh, not really. I mean, like, <laughs> there's so much passion. Sorry, I, sorry, I went ham on that. I just I, <laughs> I took I, the ball and I ran with it out <laughs> of the football field. So I do apologize. Growing up, I like always associated the Smashing Pumpkins with, I guess, the people who were a bit older than me, mm. and it's sure. just classic like angsty teen music. And I was never like really into that as a team, but it also seemed like that. And they happened just before me. Oh, okay. Um, and yeah, they kind of did. Yeah, and they did. And, like, that, you know, so that that's fine or whatever. But even now, when I, like, you know, a cartoon image of an angsty teenager, I will probably, like, soundtrack that with there's, this there's, there's a melancholy poster on the wall. Absolutely. No, they've got a zero is. shirt on. They do have a zero shirt yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My brother got heaps into the Smashing Pumpkins uh, a number of years ago, and so I ended up listening to a lot of them through him, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. my younger brother, so whatever that means. Um... So yeah, like I, I'm not someone who is passionate about the pumpkins in any way, but I absolutely agree that this is a phenomenal song, uh, in in all the ways that have been described so far. Like it's too low, it need to be higher. Well, don't worry, the Smashing Pumpkins will very much they'll, they'll get very much higher um, in in not too long. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I got that then. 
just like, what? I don't, your, I don't your, think that's a lyric of the song. Yeah, your love for the song is too low. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I should have loved it more. Sorry. Oh. It's okay. <laughs> oh, good lord. Alrighty, well, uh, we'll be back with the pumpkins uh, before you know it, but uh, until then, keep your hair long and fuck Tommy Lee. Alright, business is just about to pick up people at number 42. This is Gabrielle with Dreams. They can't come true. in the 1993 Hottest 100 with Dreams. What a fucking jam. Oh my god. I love this song. I love this song from the second I heard it. From the opening bit. From the opening little strings. And then the they can't come true. I was there. Just there for the whole fucking thing. I've been there as long as I can remember. This this used to just get played on radio stations like everywhere. Regardless of the tone of the station, whether it was like the oldie station or the the pop station, wherever I would turn, this song would be there with me, and I was ever so fucking thankful for it. I will always love this song. It's I get that it's cheesy and it's cutesy and the strings are synthetic and it's just you know it's just a bit of it's it's a special K advert. I fucking get that, but it just owns what it is. And it just makes it count. And it makes you genuinely feel something. And I can't say that about a lot of this kind of stuff, you know. You'll hear, like, shit like, I'm special, so special. And it's like, I'm not special, fuck that. But you hear, dreams can come true. And it's like, fuck yeah, they can. Fucking yes, they can. And I love that. I love what this song does to me. And I don't get why it does it to me. <laughs> like, the rest of her discography is pretty hit and miss, you know? Like, um, Out of Reach from the Bridget Jones soundtrack is pretty lovely. Like, I remember that. <laughs> Out of Reach can see we were never meant to be. It's another one of those, like, yeah, just fucking, oh, he done did me wrong kind of power ballads, you know, and I get that. But there's just something about this song where the stars align, the planets align, and everything just comes together so fucking beautifully. 
Ah, oh, it just takes me to a higher plane of existence. I love this song, and I will never not love this song. Uh, the floor's yours, guys. Yeah, isn't it a shame what a current affair's done to it, though? What did a current affair do to it? Well, I, this, what, this is what this song is to me now. Like, it's just like every time there's a inspirational or hope inspirational story on, sure. on mainstream media, it has this as the backing track. Uh, <laughs> it's like, not, not to be a wanker or anything, but I don't watch current affair. But surely you've come into contact with it sometimes. You would have heard someone going like, you know, Jamie was born without a face. But thanks, <laughs> to, thanks to the miracles of modern technology. And then it's, it just slowly rises in the background and then it's just, you know, huh. it's, you got it with a new face running along and there's like there's a Labrador that she's petting and everyone's smiling and happy and the parents of Jamie are, you know, just saying, you know, oh, it's amazing. And this is playing in the background the whole time. I feel like that's kind of what this song has become now. Wow. And so it was really refreshing for me to listen to it without any kind of association to anything else, without it being used for anything. Yeah. Because I went, actually, this is a really heartfelt, honest song and the emotion for it is really legitimate and genuine and quite beautiful. Because I feel like... Nostalgia is kind of weird. Like, you either get something that's not that great being bigged up way too hard because it has a nostalgia factor, mm. or some other times stuff that is actually genuinely great kind of gets pushed to the sideline as being just a bit kitschy. And I feel like that's kind of what happened with this song. Like, it's like, I don't know, maybe there was certainly something that was going on in the 90s about, you know, with like going for the melodrama or feeling it at times. And maybe it's not just the 90s or whatever, but, you know, like this song kind of demonstrates that unashamedly non-ironic kind of sentiment of of pop. And because of that, yeah, I think now people look at it and they kind of think it's not being sincere or it's being too much or it's being too cheesy. But no, it's it's just what it yeah, is. Like, yeah. you, you take it for what it is and I it's buy it. Yeah, I buy it. I it originally but I was had, I did. It originally yeah. had a um, sample of Tracy Chapman's Fast Car in it. So, huh. like, that's a pretty good tone indicator, I yeah, think. Yeah, cool. Right? Mm. No, no one puts that in a song that they're being ironic. Yeah, about. No, well, no, no. maybe they, they do. do. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I did I, not know that. I, I, yeah. I dig the song. I really do. I, I think it's um like it's nice pop. I certainly don't buy it. Probably as heavy as you do, Dave. But I do it's enjoy right. it. Can, can anybody? <laughs> <laughs> um, probably not. I mean, not I, even Gabrielle. I think it's the story of everything that we both love. I'm pretty sure <laughs> I like it, but not as much as you like it. I think I have a, I, I'm probably at a seven tops. But, um, <laughs> oh, vice versa, though. To yeah. be fair. This, but this is a great song. I'm not going to deny that. It's lovely pop. It's just, it works. It, it does work. There's something about the, the chorus. There's just something about it. It's like, it, it's the, it's why I think when you, not that this is the perfect pop song I've ever written or anything, but I think this is a good example of why I think to a certain degree pop is all too often overlooked as credible like artistic expression this song there's something about the chorus that I can't articulate in the same way that you find it difficult to articulate why I guess why you call an intelligent kind of song is wonderful like a like a really masterfully done song by The National or Nick Cave or My Buddy Valentine a song that you'd be like oh there's just something about it that's really deep and wonderful kind of thing like that and that's absolutely true for all three of those bands but this as well there's something about this pop that I can't articulate why it works so well and that's why I'm not a pop musician this is why Gabrielle did this song so well and why it's so successful. It's really wonderful. Mm. When I first heard it, it was kind of thing like, oh, this song, of course. But then I'm thinking to myself, where do I know it from? But I just I, I just know that I know it, and that's what's so wonderful about it. And then I do realise that I do know it from Magnolia, um, ah, which it's used incredibly oh, effectively in that. It's William H. Macy's pump-up song, um, or his meditation song. Yeah, it's <laughs> and it's excellent for that kind of reason, and I love it for that. That speaks to how wonderful that perfect movie is um, yes. but yeah it's a really excellent song I get it it's really well done pop music it, you wouldn't see it in today's Horizon 100 but I think that the Horizon 100 is the loser for that 
Shame, yeah. honest one. Pretty much. <laughs> the song is great, obviously. We all think that. There's no argument. No. You'd be a fool to argue against yeah, it. It's really lovely. It's just like, it comes on and you want to just yeah. groove. When I was listening yeah. to it, uh, someone else was in the room and they're like, oh, I like, you know, I have such a fond, like, ironic attachment to this song. I was like, really? I, okay, I, like, I was coming at this way more earnest than you, apparently. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's yeah. a wonderful song. That's all we can say, really. One more song to talk about this week. At number 41, it's Yothi Yindi with World Turning. Number 41 in the 1993 Hottest 100 with World Turning. Uh, now, Mac, we're going to throw this one to you. Uh, what's your relationship with uh, Yothi Yindi? I guess rather depressingly, it kind of starts and ends with the singles. Um, I know them and love them. I think you would be a fool with of the highest order to not pay the shit out of Treaty. It's oh, a masterpiece yeah. of a song. Um, not, not just um, in terms of pop songwriting but or even even in terms of like the Aboriginal rights alone is fantastic the pop songwriting alone is mm. fantastic and this as well this oh, oh it's a beautiful beautiful song it's so so different to Treaty I guess I, I think I'd heard the song before um, but looking at it it's the beats fantastic there's a guitar solo fantastic yeah didgeridoo ugh, melt my face fantastic it's all it all works so well and there's just so the, what, what they did so fantastically passionate choruses you the, the chorus comes on and you're like oh my god it is like the world is turning and it's so 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 wonderful it's just so infectiously like the the, the passion that that group of people um, particularly the sorely sorely missed Mr. Unipingu uh, may he rest in peace indeed um, the, him in particular but everybody the passion and love and like Fever for life that they inject into that chorus. It's just infectious. I've I'm never like then that's the thing. Considering it's like I guess the band, not that they're dour, but it's not like they're not singing about serious issues. Mm-hmm. Like you look at Treaty, this as well. I mean, it's serious music that you could analyze. You, you could write essays on it, but when it's on, you forget about that because it's such a perfectly written pop song. It's so lovely, and oh, I yeah. just I have nothing but love for this song. It's absolutely incredible. 
Mr. Yudipingu kills a vocal performance for a change, obviously, just the <laughs> best. The band are fantastic. The female vocals I love. Yeah. And again, the guitar solo, it's, it comes oh, out of nowhere. It's yeah. so good. It's it smacks so it across the face Chris how great it is. Yeah. 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 And I think there's a lot to be said about the optimism that's generated by it. Exactly. How hard is that to do genuinely inside yeah. of a song? Like, yeah, I was just, just like, I'm like, yeah, that is right. No, it's like, yeah. <laughs> But to, to communicate it, yeah. you know, like truthfully and earnestly, and for have that come across not only for the band, yeah. you know, like but for the listener as well, and to connect to that, like, yeah. that's an achievement. Like it's just, you can't you can't name many songs that really nail it, and this yeah. does it just effortlessly and straight away. Yeah, I guess the p- part of the beauty as well. I guess it, I guess you can regularly say you don't you, you don't hear much Aboriginal rock. Period, but you certainly don't hear much what you'd call Aboriginal rock with sampled beats that just mm. are slayingly good. Yeah. Oh, it's, oh, it's just and that's the thing because I mean, you know, in this countdown already, we've already heard from Cat Comedy, with yeah. Freedom, and Mixed Relations, Indigenous Woman, Absolutely. Aboriginal Woman, sorry, and um, Christina New, and Christina New. But like, and and those songs, as with this song, are all coming from a you know somewhat similar place in terms of indigenous affairs at the time. That's right, yeah. There's absolutely a spirit of optimism that goes across all of those songs. That is true because of you know a yeah. lot of big positive changes that were happening at the time. But this song, easily more than any of the others, just absolutely transcends that. Yeah, yeah. And just, it's an utterly joyful song, and you can't ignore it. And there's so much to unpack in it, um, in terms of. Like the the content and what it's going into and stuff, but it's just it's an incredible song. That's the like, thing you you can unpack it as much as you want, but when it's on, you can't unpack exactly. it. Exactly, too busy. Like I want to dance so yeah. bad when it's on. It's it's just a song that's so in the moment. Yeah, and I love that about it. It's impossible to be unhappy while you're listening exactly. to that's this it. song yeah. it's or so, watching uh, the video and watching them all dance. Around. I know, I know. And the uh, one white guy. I love the <laughs> one white guy in your thing, yeah. indie. That guy's my hero. <laughs> He's just busting it out like nobody's business. Uh, honestly, there's so much love about this. There's yeah. just so much. Just, they were a wonderful band that would, you know, they transcended, you know, just being a band and having music. They were part of a movement. They, you know, treated their music as the chance to speak to their people and for their people to speak to the nation. And to say, this is where we are, this is what's happening in our part of the nation, and part of this country, and part of the world. And that resonated, and it resonated so strongly across cultures, across uh, genres. Uh, Yeah, I can count countless uh, artists uh, in this country alone that have been inspired by uh, the work and the, the timeless, timeless uh, messages that come through in these songs. Yeah, well, I guess particularly with with the indie, not even not even musical artists have inspired mm. artists across many different disciplines. Yes, will of course. Gladly cite, I'm sure, with the indie as being inspirational. They were masters of the craft, even external to the race relations. They were they knew exactly how to write fantastic songs, and then when you combine that with the heritage and the, the message that they're going across, how is it not going to be a success? And that's exactly what it is. It's yeah. just, yeah, it just gets me every single time. Absolutely. Uh, and I'm so, so very blessed that we get to talk about these guys. You've got it so high as well, up in the countdown. Yeah, the yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. Yeah, it's wonderful. Um, as uh, Andrew mentioned, we sadly did lose Mr. Yun Pingu uh, last year due to uh, ongoing uh, health issues. But... Uh, I mean, the, hearing this is ex- drives home how 
goddamn tragic a loss that is. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And at, only, at 56... That's too young, as well. man. That's way too young. Way too young. Yeah. Yeah. But what a life. Like, he was able to man. achieve so much, and he was able to do so much for his people, and so much for his community. So much for the um, nation. Yeah. Yes, and absolutely. I'm, I'm, I am so proud to be Australian when he's Australian. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, he was, he was uh, voted Australian of the Year. And in my opinion, is one of the greatest Australians that has ever lived. Absolutely. So, yep. uh, absolutely, m- so much respect to him. So much respect to Yothi Yindi, and the world will keep turning right as long as we have this song. With that, that brings us to the end of yet another incredible, wonderful, joyful episode of Hottest One Hundreds and Thousands. Uh, before we get out of here, it's time for us to discuss our favorite songs and our least favorite songs, and we're gonna start with Andrew. I think that um, perhaps in the context of the album, I might be uh, talking about Smashing Pumpkins here, but sure. as it stands, my favourite song, I've got to give to Go Through Indie. That song is, I just, I, I couldn't love it more. It's an absolute gem. It's fantastic. Yeah. And uh, I guess the weakest would have to be Headless Chickens, as much as I did defend it, and, and it is most improved, but it's still... It's still, the, it's still the fifth most enjoyable of the bunch. Agreed. There's just some really good songs just in the last five. Just, Absolutely. Yeah, they're all oh, great. For sure. Um, I think for me, like as much as I you know, should lean towards the pumpkins, Dinosaur Jr. was such a revelation and a surprise oh, yeah. for me that as the newcomer, I want to give that a big shout out because it was the first time I'd heard that song. And I think like I in this countdown and doing this podcast, I've genuinely discovered a song that I really love. So that feels real good. Lovely. Um, and to be fair, you've discovered a lot that you've hated. Yeah, it's about time. Yeah. Um, so, and I think, yeah, I agree with the Headless Chicken sentiment. Not a bad song, but not as good as the other amazing songs that are in this bracket. Yeah, like, yeah, again, it, it's such a strong five songs, but I think I'm going to have to go with Yothi Yindi for the best song. Like, as good as Smashing Pumpkins and Dinosaur Jr., like... Very few songs operate so successfully on that on that scale that mm. that World Turning does, and it's just incredible. I'm again gonna have to go Headless Chickens with least favorite. It's yeah. the fifth best. <laughs> uh, dreams for me uh, for my favorite song. Uh, huh. Ah, just <laughs> <laughs> see it coming. Dave. I guess they really can come true. <laughs> uh, well, look oh, at me, man. I got you. Um, and yeah, Juice by Headless Chickens has uh, yeah. But uh, like you did really good, yeah, Headless Chickens. Yeah. Like, don't don't take this the wrong way. Like no. most no. improved is most improved. improved. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we're like the year two teacher giving you a sticker. It's just like keep going. I, saw, I, I got that award uh, when I played soccer, the most improved player award. Fuck yeah. Oh. <laughs> Well, that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Tell someone that you love about this podcast. Uh, If you do like it. If you don't like it, tell someone that you hate. Uh, See what I'm doing there? So you can bond over mutual hatred over this podcast, and you'll get yourself a new friend. So it's a win-win situation, really. Everybody's happy. I I just assumed that you wanted them to have the horrible experience of listening to it. I thought (laughs) that it was um, because you hate them, we have a conflicting view to you, and they might like the podcast, and we get a subscriber. Tidy profit. Well, whatever whatever the choose-your-own-adventure you go with, I think everything is going to work out in our favour. We are on Facebook and WordPress, so go to those websites and add in hottest 100s and thousands, 100s, 100s, 
Uh, no punctuation. Uh, you know the fucking drill. You know where we are. You know what we do. Get involved or get lost. You dig? All right. That's going to do it uh, once again uh, for this week's episode of Hottest One Hundreds and Thousands. On behalf of Mr. Adam Muncher. Hey. On behalf of Mr. Nathan Harrison. Thank you. On behalf of Mr. Andrew McDonald. Bye. My name's David James Young. Keep music evil. Goodbye. Hottest 100s and thousands is filmed in front of a live studio audience.